Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I am here with Marie Larson. Hello, Marie. So good to be here. I am so excited for this episode. Uh, Marie carries a very, very special message that I think is going to unlock a lot for many of you, and some of you that you didn't even know was an issue. Um, So go ahead and introduce yourself, Marie, and then you can share your testimony and what God has shown you. Absolutely. So my name is Marie Larson. I um, started Vibrant Life Consulting, and I love helping people on their journey of emotional and spiritual healing um, and just helping them get unlocked um, from anything that's standing in their way. Um, my uh, story is that I I struggled a lot with um, emotions and with like physical health issues when I was growing up. And as I grew and matured and, and, you know, tried to figure myself out and look at resources and such, I started learning um, that I was a feeler, that I was, you know, an empath or whatever you want to call it. I pick up on people's emotions very easily. I'm highly sensitive. Another term people use is highly sensitive persons, HSPs. Um, And uh, when I found that out, I was like, oh, there's a name for it. (laughs) Like it's a thing. Yes. And so it was really helpful to find out Um, Because I was not only sensitive physically, I was also sensitive emotionally and spiritually. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I kind of realized that and put that together, then I started to like that about myself. Because up until that point, it felt kind of like a curse, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Talk about what that meant. Like what you mean by that? What did it look like before? Because I was was so highly anxious. and I called myself a PhD in worry, like I could find something to worry about anything, you know, and, um, and I was just, tight. it was exhausting, mm-hmm. you know, I was always just exhausted, um, partly from that emotional journey and the ups and downs of that. Yeah. Can I ask, um, cause there's uh, different things that people who struggle with anxiety will worry about. Would you yeah. worry that something awful would happen or would you more worry about how is this going to happen or what's going to happen? Like, can you, I'm just saying yeah, this, I just I know think, that there's people that feel the totally, same. Yeah. I think a lot of my fears were about the future and just like figuring stuff out and what am I going to do? And am I going to have enough energy? Am I going to have enough money? Am I going to have enough you know, whatever to do what I need to do. Um, cause I struggled with very like fatigue and very low energy and chronic pain and, <clears throat> and all that stuff. So there was just a lot of anxiety of fear of rejection. I struggled with, you know, that piece as well. So just anxiety about relationships, anxiety about, you know, social interactions, things like that. Yeah. So there's so, social anxiety as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. 
So, and we would, I would say in the therapy world, believing lies about yourself, (laughs) Um, would those lies, would you say were like, people won't like me, or I'm not going to say the right thing? What kind of social anxiety lies were showing up for you? Um, Yeah, I think for me, like if I was hanging out with more than one person, I had this lie that I would hear that was like, they they wish you weren't here. So if there was three of us, I just felt like they really wish it was just the other two of them. Got it. You know? Yeah. So this high rejection lie that I struggled with. Yeah. So talk about how you discovered that this was actually a gift and how God flipped what the enemy wanted to use on its head. And now yeah. you're actually helping people by recognizing that there's not something wrong with me. I don't have right. this anxiety problem, but that I actually have a gift. Yeah. Talk about yeah. how I showed you that. Yeah, it was such a long journey. There's so many points to it, of course, but um, it was about learning that I was highly sensitive in all areas. And once I realized that, I was like, oh, I like the fact that I'm sensitive spiritually. I appreciate that about myself. And so then starting to appreciate and um, embrace the other aspects of it too. And it was, you know, honestly, it was somewhat of a spiritual journey. Some of it was like, going to something similar to like talk therapy and learning and just talking through some of it and understanding my emotional sensitivity. And, and some of it was reading books on the topic, you know, and picking up stuff from other people who were feelers as well, but just starting to realize that not everything I was feeling was mine. Ah, That was a huge light bulb moment for me. Um, ah. and, And listening to somebody speak on that and going, oh my gosh, like I just, I was having flashback after flashback and it was like, all of a sudden my life made sense. (laughs) And I was like, half of that wasn't mine. Like I thought back on my childhood, I'm like all these different instances and things where I would be feeling fine. And then suddenly I would feel angry or suddenly I would feel anxious. And then I realized like it was who I was around or it was the atmosphere I had just stepped into. And I had no idea that when your emotions suddenly change like that and you were fine five minutes ago, it's a good sign that it's probably not yours and that you're picking up on something that's going on around you, you know? Yeah. And so as I learned that and then started like putting it into practice and paying more attention, all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much more sense. And in the, it lifted off a lot of shame and condemnation too, mm-hmm. because I just used to think, gosh, I'm crazy. Like my emotions are all over the place. I'm such mm-hmm. a roller coaster. You know, mm-hmm. I was totally fine before I walked in here. Like, why am I now like super agitated or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be. Like uh, one instance, I'm, I'm not a, a very sarcastic person. Like I had cut that out of my vocabulary. Um, and all of a sudden I was being super sarcastic in this conversation I was having with someone I'm like, Whoa, I noticed it. And internally I stepped back and I'm like, what is happening? And all of a sudden I realized like, that is something that this person carries that I was talking to. And so I was picking up on their di- their dynamic and they weren't even being sarcastic in the moment, but that's something that's in their atmosphere. That's their norm is kind of anger and sarcasm. Mm. And so I was picking up on their atmosphere and I was displaying it. So I talk about part of it is learning how to go from being a thermometer to a thermostat. So thermometers read the temperature and display it to you, right? Now we all start off as that thermometer is we'll walk into a room and all of a sudden we start reading 
the atmosphere and displaying it. But then we want to shift from that thermometer to a thermostat where we start to set the temperature and where we can actually shift the temperature of the room and the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's a really, um, it's really empowering to realize that that sensitivity is a gift and it's why I'm good at what I do because I easily pick up on what's going on with clients emotionally. And then I'm able, you know, I'm, I'm feeling it, but then I'm able to connect spiritually and figure out like, okay, how, how do we shift this, you know, um, and direct the session based on that. Um, now as a feeler, you know what I kind of, I have a working hypothesis. Um, I have no idea how accurate it is. It's a working hypothesis, but I wonder if the vast majority of people that struggle with chronic illness are simply feelers that have not learned how to walk in their gifting healthily. Yes. Because that was my story. And a lot of my chronic illness stuff, I look back and I realize it was very emotionally and spiritually based and that I was picking up on all of this stuff around me and I was internalizing it and thinking it was mine. Mm -hmm. And then I was carrying it. So I look like the hunchback of Notre Dame, you know? Oh, wow. Thinking it was mine. Because gosh, doesn't it make sense that if you're having an emotion inside your body or physical pain inside your body, that it's yours? That makes logical sense. That that does make logical sense. But it isn't always. It's not always yours. And so learning how to have a bubble, how to push things out of your bubble when it gets in, how to brush off after you've been around somebody, how to recognize when you're connecting with somebody else's stuff because, hey, yeah, you have a little anger then and unforgiveness that I have a little anger and unforgiveness I need to deal with. And the person I'm standing in front of has a ton of anger and unforgiveness. And so all of a sudden it's like, there's a crack. There's a a way that it can get in because I have an opening. Mm -hmm. I have something that's not dealt with and I'm connecting with their not dealt with stuff. And now all of a sudden it's huge, Mm -hmm. you know? And so then how do I deal with my stuff? So then I can push their stuff out of my bubble. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, talk about how the the process of that. I know you did an awesome teaching on kind of being how to how to steward the gifting of being a seer and a feeler. Um, so talk about how we can do that. If there's somebody listening that's like, oh my gosh, that's me. And yes. they're listening, yeah. I feel like there's people that are actually receiving freedom just from listening to you share this because they're like, right. this is me and nobody's ever said that. And that they so I, I just I want to encourage you listeners right now, if you feel like that weight starting to come off you, just say, thank you, Jesus, because what he's doing is he's doing to you what he did in Marie, which is revelation yeah. 10, which is the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so as she's releasing what God did in her, you can receive it yourself. And so just say, thank you. And just then step into the teaching and allow God to then fill you with what you can do to be able to then go be the thermostat instead of the thermometer. Um, so just be encouraged as you are listening to this. So go ahead, Marie. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the first things was learning to ask that question, like, you know, Jesus, is this mine? Is what I'm feeling mine? And just recognizing 
and checking yourself. You know, I talk about checking yourself at the door. So when you get up in the morning, check how you're feeling. Do you feel like, Hey, it's a fantastic day. Or are you feeling a little like, er, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Like just check in with yourself. So you know where you're at when you're in your atmosphere, Mm -hmm. because then when you step into your work environment, if you were, let's say you were like, today's an awesome day. I've got this. Right. And then you walk into work and you're like, I don't want to be here. Life sucks. I'm overwhelmed. That sudden switch tells you that's not yours. Like probably where you work, there might be a general atmosphere of overwhelm. There's a lot going on. There's a huge project on the docket, whatever it might be. Um, If you can recognize that, you don't have to come under it. You can then go, oh, okay, I'm feeling this. Um, And I don't have to agree with that. And so then what can I do to be the thermostat? Okay, I can start speaking the positive opposite. I can start praying the positive opposite of what I'm sensing. So I'm sensing overwhelm. So I'm going to pray for, um, you know, peace. I'm going to pray for wisdom. I'm going to pray for motivation to get stuff done and, you know, clear thinking um, and speaking that to your coworkers and, you know, being like, we can do this guys. And, and being that opposite, you know, moving in that opposite spirit of what you're picking up on. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a huge part of it. Um, um, you, you know, there's, there's different experiences I've had. Like when I went on a mission trip to the Philippines and and we were going into different villages and I was just learning about this, you know, this, atmosphere being able to how to be a thermostat shift the atmosphere and so we would go into a different village each night and it was really interesting because like we walked into this one village and all of a sudden I started isolating from my team I felt like I couldn't smile um I I didn't want to talk to anybody which and I was like wow this is not like me what's going on so I started observing myself you know my internal world And then I forced myself to go talk to my teammates and say, Hey, this is what I'm feeling. Like, can you pray for me? And, and so they were picking up on some other stuff and they named it. And I was like, Oh, that is definitely not me. And so we were, we were praying about it. It felt like I was picking up on the atmosphere of that village and what was going on there. We walked into a different village and all of a sudden I didn't want to participate in what was going on. I sat back, put my arm across the chair and I felt this prompting, like look around you. And I saw all these people from the village sitting in the exact same posture I was sitting in. And as I prayed about it, I felt like there was like this, this presence of apathy in that village where they just weren't participating. They weren't willing to be a part of things. And so then, you know, it was the next step of learning how to like pray in that positive opposite. I wasn't there yet at that point. Um, but the Lord was taking me through this, this journey of learning, how do I do this? You know? Um, and so with the anxiety piece, I used to think I was an anxious person. Like I thought that was my identity. I thought that's who I was. So you can't fight who you are. But part of my learning process was learning that I'm not an anxious person. I'm actually a person that carries a lot of peace and that the enemy was fighting me to make me think that I was an anxious person. And it was an outside foe though. Mm -hmm. And once I learned that I didn't necessarily like, ta-da, I have no anxiety in my life, but I started winning because I started Uh recognizing like, that's not who I am. That's a battle I'm fighting, but who I am is, is I carry peace. Mm And I started realizing like people had told me that my whole life, like you're so peaceful to be around, but I didn't believe them because I had this belief that I'm an anxious person. 
because you're feeling it. Because I was feeling it. You're feeling anxiety. People are telling you, oh, you carry, you carry peace, or I feel like you're such a peaceful person. And you're not believing them because of what you're feeling. Yeah. So common. Like it's so bounced off, even those comments. It wasn't until I heard that comment and it sunk in that I was like, wait, people have said this my whole life about me. And so then I started to step into that and recognize what I was doing by accident. I started to do on purpose. And so I would put myself in situations that were volatile, not unsafe, but like I would put myself into situations where I knew like an argument was starting to get ready to break out. And I would just go stand there and everything would like calm down because I knew I carried peace. And so I knew I carried the peace of Jesus. And so I would just go stand in that room and things would just calm down. Yeah. And I was doing it intentionally now and carrying that piece and releasing that piece. Um, whereas before I just did it by accident, kind of. <laughs> right, right. So it sounds like you've had a journey of kind of learning how to walk in this gifting. Can you talk a little bit about the seer gifting? Yeah. So there's um, a lot of people out there too, who you're sensitive in. Um, you see things that aren't always there physically, or you sense them. It doesn't have to be with your physical eyes. It could be with the eyes of your you know, we talk about seeing something in your mind's eye, you know, um, or seeing it in your imagination. Like all of that can be being a seer where you're picking up on stuff spiritually in the world around you. I thought I just had a really vivid imagination, you know, and I would pray for people or I would, I would see, you know, angels standing around a situation, but I would see the situation in my imagination and I would see that stuff filled in. And so I just thought I was imagining it. But as I got older and I started to read books on it and understand more about that gifting, I realized like, that's actually real. Like what I'm sensing is real. And I started helping a lot of other seers that um, would sense stuff at night or would sense stuff all around. They just thought they were crazy. And I was like, no, the spiritual world is real. Evil and good are real and that you can trust that. But then you can also stand in your identity and authority you don't have to be afraid of the evil. You can stand and spread the goodness of Jesus. You have authority over your home, over your workplace, over your children to um, pray for protection and and to do something about whatever you're sensing. And it's the same concept with the thermostat. If you sense something that's not good or negative, you can you can shift it. You can pray to shift it. So being able to see stuff in the spirit, a lot of people again, see it as a curse because they've been called crazy. They're not believed, etc. but it's real. And if you can like set that aside, the shame and condemnation lifts and then learn giftings of how do I shift that? How do I pray into that? How do I release the positive opposite? All of a sudden it's a gift. If you can just look and go, Hey, there's something not good here. I need to do something about it. Wow. That's super helpful, right? What an amazing gift. Yeah. Um, for yourself as well as those around you. Yeah. And I would say that a really important gift to ask God for, if you do see and you do feel, is the gift of discernment. Yes. Being able to know what is good and what is not, and then also mm-hmm. what to do about it. Um, yeah. Because I have definitely seen things in my past, and I was so excited that I just go tell the first person that I knew. And first, of all, I did not discern. It was my zeal, my excitement. Yeah. Um, I didn't discern 
when should I share this? Who should I share this with? And how should I share it? I did not discern. Yeah. And so then I then got discouraged and then I started believing I am weird. Why are you sharing this, Heidi? You're not actually really seeing this. That's not really real. And so I think it's important to if you do have these giftings, if you're realizing this yeah. as you're listening, to ask God also for discernment to learn when and how and who to share this information with. Yes, um, absolutely. Because you can really freak people out um, with what you're seeing. And so a lot of times it's like you can sense something, but then you can bring it into language that anybody can understand. And I, and, yes, that's and release the positive. If you see a negative, never release that. Just instead shift it, you know, flip it. Well, and I think that's what we often do. That's like a normal conversation. You know, you might come into the room and just be like, oh, that he's really lazy. And you just say what you see. You know, your eyes see what you obviously see in front of you. And that's not how God wants us to be. He actually wants us to be a light in darkness. And so to actually bring his word, to bring his encouragement, doesn't mean you need to go and talk about Jesus to this person, but you can be encouraging and say something like, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to release to this person? And really partner with God to find out what can we say to be encouragement for that person to say, hey, I really liked what you did the other day. That was so awesome. You're so creative you know, and be able to actually speak something that can spark some purpose in them. Because I feel like what you shared here and what God did in you is it moved you from believing that there was something wrong with you, that you're this anxious person, that your identity is your mental health and that that's who you are. And it moved to this purpose in God, Mm -hmm. that there is purpose for Marie, there's purpose for your life. And now you're walking that out and releasing that to others. Right. Well, and I, when I've come to understand is a lot of people that are anxious, it's kind of the same thing. They carry the gift of peace. Mm. And so when I see somebody where I can tell there's anxiety on them, I don't speak that to them. That's not helpful. Yeah. But I just go, a lot of times I look at them and kind of sense it. And then I'm like, I release over them. Like you carry a lot of peace. And they look at me like I'm nuts. And I'm like, no, really? Like you carry a gift of peace. That's, you know, cause I know that's why that that fight is there for them yeah. because the enemy of our soul does not want us doing what we are created to do. I was created to release peace mm-hmm. and carry that for people. And he doesn't want me doing that. So that's where the battle's at for me, that's so you good. know? So think about where your battle's at, you know, especially if, if it's seeing stuff like the Lord is often, there's a, there's a battle to you for you to not release that, to not believe it to think you're crazy or to have people say over you that you're crazy um, because that's a gifting that the Lord wants you to, yes, use discernment, need character to carry these giftings. You know, all those things are important, but then asking Holy Spirit, how do I shift this atmosphere? How do I shift this negative thing I'm seeing and pray in the positive opposite? Because that's huge. I had it. Let me share a quick story. I had a, a one time I was teaching a class. Somebody came into the class was in a super negative. Like she was like a black hole, just pulling the whole class in. And I was this close to kicking her out of the class so that I could like keep going and not lose the whole class. And well, but I, it's toxic. Like that, that one person with the enemy's right. influence, it's toxic. It can be for a family, for a business, right. for a class. So yeah. Keep and going. I had authority in this class to like, to do that. So that wasn't out of the question. Um, but I had them breaking up into groups and then, um, 
all of a sudden I was thinking like, oh, shift the atmosphere, Marie. And I, like the Holy Spirit's tapping on me, like, don't just write her off. And so I said, okay, fine, Jesus. And I just started praying, like, help her to connect, help her to be willing to participate and not, you know, be in this rebellious state, but be in a, a state where she can connect and be a part of what we're doing. I kid you not, the Lord was trying to teach me something because within less than a minute, she walked over and apologized to me. Come and on. then she so joined her group and became the leader of the group and was like okay. doing better than anybody else in the whole class. And nice. like, I'm trying to pick up my jaw off the floor. Yeah. What? It's that simple? Yes. That is what God Yes. That is what God can do. And I just want to read um 2 Corinthians 10, um, 12, 10, where it says that um I take pleasure in my infirmities, reproaches, and indeeds and persecutions, because for when I am weak, then I am strong. And so I just flipping this is how like where we're weak, God actually wants to flip that. And that's where our strength is. It's where our purpose is and where our calling is. And you just did that in that woman. And so we have the power to do that instead of just point out what we see with our eyes or what we're sensing and what we're feeling. But instead, we can actually release the opposite. Um, Before I have you kind of share about your website and pray for the listeners, I would love it if you could share your train analogy. Um, I listened to Marie and she did a teaching and I just love this analogy. Um, so that one, and then also the cracks in the atmosphere. Could, would you mind kind of sharing? Yeah, I'll try to do that quick. So train analogy is there was, um, there was an issue that I kept struggling with. For me, it was anger at God. And I kept kicking it out, kicking it out, kicking it out. And it just kept being there, being there, being there. And I was like, finally, I said, Jesus, what in the world? And what he showed me is that there was something propping the door for it. And so then I took care of that thing and the anger at God. And it still kept coming back in, coming back in. So finally, one day I was so frustrated. I just kept asking, and what's propping the door for that? And what's propping the door for that? And there was this whole train that was, um, you know, and for me, it was like anger at God. And then it was um, entitlement. And then it was self-pity. And then it was hurt. Mm. And so at the base level, it was like, I would feel hurt. I wouldn't take it to God. I wouldn't deal with it properly. I'd just sit in it. And then it would turn into self-pity. And then it would turn into entitlement. And then I'm like pissed off at God again. And so the Lord was showing me like, hey, I need you to, at the minute you start to feel that hurt, I need you to take it to me so that you don't open the door for this big, long train that you don't really want to let in. Ah, that's good. So um, and the base thing and the train that knocks on the door is usually very simple. You know, it's pain or it's, I'm not worthy or, you know, an unworthiness or rejection or, you know, something like that. It's a very basic, very basic lie, very core lie. Um, but it'd be different for each person. What's what that train looks like. So asking the Lord, like, okay, what's propping the door. The crack analogy is that if you have a submarine that has a crack in it and it's on the top of the water, it might be dribbling a little water, but it's, you might not notice it, but you put that thing a thousand feet down, you know, 500 feet down, all of a sudden that tiny hairline fracture is gushing water. And that's what it's like when we're under pressure in our life. Um, you know, 2020 was a great example where the pressure just all of a sudden astronomically increased Mm -hmm. and there was all this stress, all this fear going on. And all of a sudden, all these hairline fractures in my life just started gushing water. And I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And so rather than being afraid of it or mad about it, 
I was like, this is a great opportunity for healing. A lot of stuff is showing that doesn't normally show. And now I know where it is and I can fix it, right? I can go after that healing process. Um, and what I realized too, is that sometimes there's generational stuff. Now, if you walk into an atmosphere and it's highly pressurized, and you start to have this gushing happen, it might be indicative that there's something in your life that's in common with what's going on in that pressurized atmosphere that you need to deal with. Like I talked about, if you walk in, you're talking with somebody and all of a sudden you feel all this bitterness, anger, and resentment, you're like, whoa, I'm not that angry of a person, but I'll walk, I walked away from situations like that. And I'm like, oh, wow. It, the Lord used it to show me, hey, you have some unforgiveness towards this person or this situation you need to deal with. Because the person I was in front of carried a lot of bitterness and resentment. And it that pressurized environment where I was around a lot of it exposed, where there was a little crack in my heart that I needed to deal with stuff because their stuff was able to like enter in a sense through that crack that I had that was in common with their stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. So sometimes as a feeler, yeah. You are re- so you take inventory of yourself, you go into a situation, you know, you're doing good, you're at peace. And then all of a sudden you pick up on some, some atmosphere. And let's say you pick up on bitterness, for example. So yeah. how does this, how does a person identify that the bitterness they're picking up on is a crack in their submarine versus they're picking up on something and they just need to release the opposite. How yeah. do we know the difference between if it's something that we're dealing with and it's just their stuff? Yeah. I mean, Otherwise, I feel like we can then just keep ignoring it. We can be like, oh, it's their stuff. It's their stuff. And yeah. we'll never deal with our own stuff. And we're just like, yeah, I'm this awesome feeler. And I can just, you know, change yeah. the world because I'm picking none of up it's on mine. everything. <laughs> yeah. None of it's mine. How do we know that it's ours? <laughs> and the simple answer is I, I had to ask Jesus, you know, and I, I had to just sift through a discerning process of asking, is this mine? Does this have to do with me? Does this have to do with people that I love? Or is this like the greater atmosphere or the, you know, pressurized, whatever is going on um, in that situation? Because sometimes it is a sorting process. That's the thing with being a feeler is you, it, it can feel tiring sometimes because you have to go through this discernment process on a regular basis of sifting, of going, okay, I'm sensing this, what part of it's mine, what part of it's theirs and what part of it, you know, can I just flush and let go of? Um, And it, if we can engage with that process rather than seeing it as a curse, but seeing it as a blessing, we can get a so much healing. We can help other people get healing and we can live healthier lives. But does it take some time and energy? Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. But it's part of your gifting. It's part of your secret weapon. Mm-hmm. that you get to bring to a situation because sometimes I'm able to, when I have a bridge with somebody, when I have a good enough relationship and they understand what I'm talking about, I can say, Hey, I'm really picking up on this going on. Are you feeling this way? And then it can open up a conversation where I can then bring some insight, encouragement, advice, whatever it might be, because I've picked up on something that maybe they didn't even realize was there, you know? Oh, it's so good. Oh, this has been amazing. <laughs> I just love this teaching. Um, so okay. I would love it if you could pray for our listeners um, and yeah. then share how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, absolutely. So Jesus, I just pray for everybody who's listening right now, especially those who uh, may identify with being a feeler or a seer. Father, I pray that you would help them on their search and on their journey of 
being healthy, um, to learn more about how to be healthy in their gifting, how to take care of themselves, and to uh, how to process and discern what they are picking up on so that they know what to do with it that can be constructive and, and helpful for themselves and those around them. And so I just pray a blessing over their gifting um, and that it is not a curse. It is a blessing. It is a secret weapon. It is, yes. it is a gift. Um, and I bless them with that knowledge. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, thank you so much. So how can they get a hold of you um, and just tell them a little bit about your business and what you yeah. do? Yeah. So my business is Vibrant Life Consulting, and I love especially working with people that are in helping professions of any kind, counselors, you know, healthcare workers, pastors, missionaries, anybody like that. Um, or you might be a mom and anybody that works with other people as their life uh, calling. It's a special brand of tired, I call it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I see uh, burnout or, you know, weariness or who do I talk to because I'm at the top or, you yeah. know, I don't I don't know who to talk about this problem that I'm having, this sin issue I'm having or this this thing that's this trauma that's coming up and that's getting in my face and I don't know how to deal with it or who to safely talk about it with. So I, that's who I like to be for people is that safe place where they can work through unlocking, stepping into their identity, stepping into their calling, understanding their giftings, like this feeler, seer gifting and how to be healthy. And I love doing a vitals check, helping people check their self care. And I go through all these different areas to check how can you upgrade your self-care so that you can be even healthier in what you're doing? My goal is to help people that are in helping professions stay in helping professions, yes. but enjoy it the whole time you're there and not be like, oh, I'm so tired of this, yeah. you know? Um, so if people want to get a hold of me, they can go to vibrantlifeconsulting.com. They can email me at marie at vibrantlifeconsulting.com. If they want to contact me for like a free 15 to 30 minute discovery call or uh, really a resource call, even if you don't want to work with me, I'm a resource girl. I love like, here's a book, here's a podcast. You get them the right. Connect with this person, this organization. So even if nothing, you'll leave with at least one resource um, that they can learn and grow in this um, gifting or in this area. Um, But you know, we're all on a journey. We're all, we all have junk from here to heaven. We might as well work on it. <laughs> and the more we work on it, the more we can help other people. Because yes. as healthy as yes. we get, we can help other people get to that, that, you know, as we're climbing a mountain, as we get to different signposts, we get to help people get up to that level too. Yes. So yeah. keep climbing, you know? Oh, that's so good. Um, well, I will make sure to lick her website, Marie's website on the show notes. Um, so thank you so much, Marie. This is just oh, thanks for having an honor to have you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at Heidi Mortensen lmft.com. See you at our next episode.